We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Mayfield looking for six. Touchdown! Mayfield went back shoulder intentionally. So this was a great throw by a, an experienced quarterback. Mayfield trying to escape. Turns the corner right away from Wolf. Mayfield steps up in the pocket. Touchdown, Oklahoma! Look at Mayfield celebrate. Unbridled passion and joy about playing football. On the Sooner Sports Network, from Learfield IMG College. Brace and tackle, 15, 10, 5, touchdown! This is the Bud Light OU Huddle, presented by Bud Light. Whenever there's a game to watch, there's a Bud Light there. The OU Huddle is also brought to you by AT&T 5G, the official 5G wireless network of OU Athletics. Homeland, proud sponsor of Sooner Football. Moody's Country Store and Barbecue, bringing you the best in barbecue. And by Walden Cleaners and Laundry, where the difference is quality. Let's go! This is the OU Huddle. Now, here are your hosts, Teddy Lehman and the voice of the Sooners, Toby Rowland. It's our final show before the spring game on Saturday. Welcome inside the huddle. Presented by Bud Light. We are live from Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue along with Teddy Lehman. My name is Chris Plank sitting in for Toby. Toby will be back next week for what I think is our final huddle show. Is that right? That's exactly right. Final one will bring the curtain down with Toby. But Teddy and I get to spend the next hour looking ahead to Saturday's spring game and talking a little bit about the secondary expectations, some things that maybe we'll be keeping an eye on. And more importantly, 
what sounds like it's going to be a pretty rapid moving Saturday for fans at the spring game. Ted, we're going to get all the information about the, the format and the scoring coming up later this weekend. But just in general, as we kick things off in our opening segment brought to you by McIntyre Law, the law firm you should turn to for all your personal injury needs. The spring in general, from the start of spring practices, which is rather quickly after the season wraps up, to the actual spring game and the final practice, how important is it, Teddy, as a whole? Well, I think it's incredibly important whenever you think about uh, football and specifically college football where you've got a, a big discrepancy in skill levels. You've got young guys that are always coming on campus that, that are trying to learn your scheme, learn your defense, learn your offense, uh, learn teammates. There's 100 guys there. You've got to uh, figure out who you're actually playing football with. <laughs> so to get some guys in early, I mean, that's really what it is. It's acclimation. Older guys, it's reacclimation, right? You, you continue to hone your skills. We play a lot of football without pads on. You know, we do a lot of drills in winter conditioning and summer conditioning with no pads on. It's a completely different game whenever you start to put pads on and practice. Uh, the way you move is different. Um, you know, the techniques are different. So it's just always continuing to sharpen those skills for the older guys and for the younger guys, just get acclimated with what's going on. So uh, the spring is incredibly important. You look back to a year ago, the freshmen, early arrivals, and guys that were maybe there only a year that were now going to be expected to step in and play, they didn't get that spring. They didn't have that time with their coaches. And I think you could tell. I think it stunts the development of a football team if, you know, obviously if you don't have a spring, but even if you don't have a productive spring. Right. Acclimation for new guys, reacclimation for old. That's fantastic. I wrote it down. I'm keeping that ever and ever. <laughs> hey, um, and you mentioned that we didn't have this last year, breaking news. If you didn't know, we didn't have the spring game last year because of COVID. But we had a chance today to sit with Lincoln Riley for about 30 minutes and Alex Grinch in anticipation of our broadcasts on Saturday. I mean, Ted, you could tell the excitement from the difference a year makes. And again, there it's nobody's fault that we ended up without the spring game or spring ball last year. But holy smokes, they seemed fired up about what they've been able to do and accomplish so far this year. Well, it's just, you know, one of the things that happened with um, all of the COVID stuff a year ago is we kind of, uh, stop taking some things for granted, like spring football right. or, you know, off-season conditioning and being able to uh, go sit by your locker after a workout. So to be able to be there, uh, be with your teammates, actually be in college like a college kid is supposed to <laughs> is, you know, it's I think it's they fed off of some of that energy. Like we get to have this. This is awesome. Let's make the best of it while we still can. Love it. All right. So throughout the show tonight, we're going to hear from some great coaches and some guys that may may not be on display on Saturday. We'll hear from Roy Manning. Jess, Jessica Cootie went one on one with Roy Manning and Woody Washington a little bit later on in the show. But Ted, let's kick things off by hearing from the senior member of the Oklahoma Sooner coaching staff. And that's Kale Gundy, because as the inside receivers coach, what associate head coach, he's got a lot of titles because he's the man. As he'll tell you, leadership is something that is very key and is honed, sharpened and really starts in the spring. I think you got to have you got to have uh, playmakers. You got to have some big playability guys. Um, I, I think you got to have some strong leadership. Um, obviously, a, a, a very good defense. Uh, so I, there's some things that that 
that I've seen and I know we have seen the coaches, I think we're heading in that direction. Um, and again, you, you know, most importantly, you got to have the right guys leading this football team, the guys that are leading this team in the locker room, the guys that are leading this team in that dorm, and the guys that are constantly pushing. And uh, because us as coaches, it's our job to make sure that everybody's heading in the right direction. But um, I, I, again, you know, finish up spring the right way. Uh, the summer is going to be extremely important and uh, get ready to go this fall. Leadership is something he talked about there, Ted, and Again, there's guys that were leaders on this team that have moved on to the next level or will eventually with next Thursday's NFL draft. Creed Humphrey, obviously Ronnie Perkins, among others. But is leadership truly developed in the spring or is it more of a, a summer offseason workout thing? Well, I, I wouldn't I don't I don't necessarily know that leadership is developed in the spring, but. There's the battle to see who the guys are going to be. Gotcha. You know, whenever uh, Creed leaves and Perkins leaves and some of these guys that have been your leaders step away, every now and then there's the guys that are guaranteed to step right into that role. But a lot of times you just don't know. Right. And you don't know until that, that next spring happens. You go out on the football field. Who are going to be the people that step into that into that void and fill that vacuum? Uh, and you know that's that's kind of what you got to do. Who's going to step up? Who's going? The, the first thing you got to do is be able to uh, back it up out there on the football field. You can't just anoint leaders that are guys that are making mistakes constantly that that can't handle their business on the field. That's number one. Who's going to be those guys? And then number two, who's going to do it good enough and often enough to where they can start demanding others do that? So uh, all of that starts in the spring. This is kind of where the battle begins of who people are going to follow. Then you enforce that through the summer and then right into regular training camp and off you go. You vote for captains and uh, you know, sometimes, like I said, there's there's guys that you feel like will step into there, but other times, you battle that out and you go out. And you you have to earn that leadership. Guys don't just blindly go follow uh, who the best player is. You've got to have certain qualities. And and Alex Grinch said something very interesting last year that always stayed with me. Listen, guys can hoop and holler and yell and try to lead all they want, but you really need dudes that are, he didn't say dudes, but guys that are making plays out there, right? You need your leaders to be the guys that are on the field making plays. And so that's going to be interesting to follow, not just on Saturday, but throughout the offseason. There's By nothing the worse than the let's go guy or <laughs> the come on guys. You know, yeah. Wait, wait, Obviously we know we need to be better and make more plays. If you've got something relevant to tell me, <laughs> say it. I don't need you to try and like get me. I'm going as hard as I can, buddy. You know, that's always been really annoying. I'll never forget there was uh, one time whenever the uh, defense was struggling. And I, I had said, I had a sideline report and said, hey, a couple of the offensive linemen are down here trying to fire up the defense. And Teddy goes, there is nothing the defense will hate more than an <laughs> offensive lineman coming down and tell them yeah, to try to get going. There's definitely some truth <laughs> to that. The, the let's go guy, no, you got to go out and make the plays. Now, speaking of making the plays, Calvin Thibodeau's defensive line has been playmaking all over the place over the last couple of years. And Ted, something we talked about last week was position flexibility. And he talked about that, did Tibbs, with this defensive line. 
you know, you got guys who, uh, you know, that can do multiple things. And, uh, you know, in this defense, you ask for, you know, guys to be able to do multiple things, put the, put, put big athletes out there and let them go hunt. And, and it's our job as coaches to, to put guys in, in place and let them flourish. And, uh, you know, we, we got guys like Isaiah Thomas who can do multiple things and a guy like Jalen Redman who can play multiple spots. So, uh, you know, very encouraged by that. And, you know, it allows us to be flexible in some of our packages that, that we come up with. Still one of the best stories of offseason, a defensive line that we didn't really expect much from last year or at least worried about as a, a position of re, rebuilding kind of growth. And it, it ended up being the star, Isaiah Thomas, a big part of that. But, Teddy, with names like Stripling and Grimes and guys who can do a lot of things, how important is that flexibility? Uh, well, I, I Isaiah think Thomas, too. <laughs> I honestly don't know that it's that important because you got so many guys that can play. I, you you got you got to have position flexibility whenever the room is thin. But for the first time in, I don't know, a decade, we got a room stacked full of guys. And yes, it's obviously the more you can do if you can play inside, if you can move outside, like a Isaiah Thomas, a guy that uh, this year is going to be playing strictly outside. Well, if they get into some pass rush situations and they want to move him inside and have three really skilled outside-type pass rushers, that's tough for an offensive line. So that definitely matters. I just believe that the defensive line in the last two and a half years under this new defensive coaching staff may be the most dramatic turnaround in a position that I've, I've seen maybe as, as long as I've been following the team. We wow. went from oh, my gosh, what are we going to do? We don't have any defensive linemen to how are we going to play all these guys? Uh, Jordan Kelly, uh, Ellison, you know, uh, Isaiah Coe, the new arrival, obviously Perion Winfrey, and that's just talking about interior guys. Yeah. Uh, we've got edge rushers for days at both the rush backer and, and uh, defensive end spot, so I'm just thrilled with what these guys have done. Yeah, and it's uh, it's kind of amazing because it's so deep that Alex Grinch even has said on several occasions, hey, we can't get used to this, right? You, you want to have situations in the future where guys are turning pro and, and people might have that decision to leave early. But with the extra year of COVID and obviously with some young guys that had stepped up and weren't quite ready for that jump, Ted, it's ended up with an incredible wealth of riches or a depth of riches, whatever way you want to term it. I mean, they're loaded in that room right now. We didn't even mention uh, Redmond, who's back. Right, Jalen Redmond, who's Redmond's back. an yeah. absolute beast. And what I love is, you know, he took the year off, right? But whenever you, whatever the, the, whatever position group that you're in mm -hmm. gets better and better and better. Everyone that comes into that room rises to that level uh, a lot faster. I know I've said that a lot through the off season, but it's the same at, at inside backer. The level of that room is really high. So whenever the young guys or transfers or whoever it is shows up, they rise to that, that level really quickly. And we're starting to see that at a bunch of different position groups and definitely seeing that at the defensive line. Nine guys in that inside backer room that you just brought up. All right. Uh, finally, since we talked a little offense, talked a little defensive line, let's talk about an individual who I think, Ted, based on what we've heard, has started to rise to that level. Justin Broyles has had a fantastic spring, but don't call him the old guy. That's for sure. I don't really consider myself an older guy. You know, I, I know that on paper I'm an older guy, but, you know, I just I just still kind of take it day by day. And then I, I really, I, I, as I look back, I really look back and, oh, dang, I am in fifth year. But you know what I'm saying? I really don't. 
I really don't see it. Like, there's no fraternity because it's like it's, everything is family-oriented, you know, so... It's not like the older guys, you know what I'm saying? We got something special. I mean, of course, it's a, it's a different standard. We're held to a higher standard, but when you come to OU, that, that's just that's just what it is. Older guy, younger guy, you want to be held to a higher standard. So I really, there's really no, like, click. I'm, I'm guessing whatever you want to kind of look for, you know what I'm saying? It's really none of that, and it don't. And to me, it doesn't feel no, it, I don't feel a certain way about being an older guy, you know what I'm saying? Because, like I say, it's all family-oriented, so. Might, might be older in age, but a guy that didn't get to play a lot last year got dinged up. So, Ted, he's right in one sense. Uh, he's definitely a younger guy from the perspective of snaps that he's had so far. Yeah, it, and it's another room where it, it, you can loop everyone together. Corner, sure. safety, nickel. It's another room that is going to be incredibly difficult to get on the field. And his experience does help him. He's not an older guy. He's a more experienced guy that uh, understands how to respond to coaching. He's been through spring. He's got a year of experience not having an offseason under his belt. And I think everyone on this football team, him, him included, have, it takes a while. You can learn a defense fairly quickly, and you can get good at it fairly quickly. But to be fluent in that defense it takes time, and this is going to be year number three for these guys, and when stuff happens fast, there's adjustments. A lot of it game day, whenever, okay, it's not, they're not doing what we expected. We can adjust to it way quicker. We can adjust to it on the fly, within a series, within a snap, and we're starting to see that from a bunch of guys, and he's going to be one of the, one of the guys on the back end that's going to be expected to be able to be fluent in the defense, fluent in the coverage. And a magic word that we'll hear a lot, Consistent. Consistency is the key word for this team and all these guys. Speaking of that, Roy Manning wants more consistency from his corners. We'll hear from the Sooner cornerbacks coach next inside the huddle, live from Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue, presented by Bud Light. Green grass on a turf field. What a call. <laughs> what a call. That I, final call in that series uh, there was amazing. The I, uh, that play-by-play -play guy was dialed in. <laughs> hey, that's uh, all part of our draft special. Chad McKee and I got together and taped a show today because, as Teddy knows, he knows the X's and O's of all this stuff. I understand the general manager side. I, I do not. I just love the draft. So we got a draft special coming up for you a little bit later on tonight, and it will be available on Soonersports.tv. We'll get some draft in later. Trey Let's Norwood. Yeah, we'll see. We got a fingers crossed for him that he and Adrian Ely will get an opportunity, but we'll go all in on the draft coming up uh, at 1030 tonight. So, Ted, before we... I guess, get too caught up in the draft and the guys who are moving on. Let's talk about the guys who are coming back for the Sooners at the corner position. And Jessica Cootie had a chance to sit down with Sooner cornerbacks coach Roy Manning to go all in. What I did was early in spring kind of set the tone and just kind of reminded guys this is open competition. There are no starters. I think almost every uh, guy in our position has taken reps with the ones this spring, just as I overemphasize that. And, you know, if you have a good day, hey, you'll be with the ones tomorrow. If you don't, maybe you move down to the next group or whatever it is, just so those guys keep that chippiness and that edge about themselves. That being said, do you feel good about where the depth is headed in this group? 
Yeah, no question. I mean, I'd be lying if I said it wasn't the best since I've been here at Oklahoma. Um, definitely uh, have a number of guys that, you know, uh, I can get into a game. You know, that's kind of the goal when we set out uh, this spring ball is, you know, come out of this thing and there's more than just one or two options that can go into a game this fall. There's four or five. So that's kind of the goal we're working towards. So obviously you got a couple of guys back that have played some reps for you. Woody Washington come on, coming off a big game in the Cotton Bowl. He had a couple of big games for you. How have you seen him kind of grow? And this is his first spring as well for you. Yeah, it's been interesting. Again, you know, we, we get to this second uh, a year or third year now, but second for some of these guys. And you realize everybody's uh, short, you know, a spring. And if you came in in the summer of uh, two years ago, I mean, this is your first spring ball. Uh, so uh, it's interesting. But Woody's been great. He, he, he's a, a mature, a mature guy on and off the field. And I think um, that he's kind of a guy that has built up some trust uh, with this staff just based on his play when he's been in there. Uh, he's steady Eddie right now, but he still has a lot of development and growing to do as well. So all these reps are much, much needed for every single guy in that secondary. Well, one of the early enrollees, Latrell McCutcheon, who uh, Woody Washington mentioned is having a good spring. What have you seen out of him, and how is it kind of translating for him here in the spring? Yeah, uh, he's flashed big time, really, from day one. I mean, what you would kind of expect, right? I mean, you got a guy that's one of the top defensive backs in the country, and uh, and so I, you know, I have high expectations for him uh, uh, this spring, and I just is super excited that he was able to get here early and, and, and start that process for himself, but you know, you can definitely see the ability is there and the size. and and uh, But, you know, just a good feeling for the game and being a playmaker, um, getting his hands on the football. And obviously you can see it's not too big for him. So we'll be expecting some big things from him later this fall. What about a guy like DJ Graham? What have you seen in him here this spring? Yeah, sophomore, right? But, you know, in, in, in my mind, he's still a freshman. You know, he played <laughs> 200 snaps for us last year, 200 snaps on defense. And, you know, but he missed a spring, and it was kind of a experiment, so to speak, for those guys that are freshmen. I mean, they don't know what's going on. They're just, okay, hey, throw me in a game and see what happens. And so he grew last year a bunch as that season went on. And like you said, end up playing a ton for us there at the end but I got big big expectations for DJ uh, in this second season because of that experience he was able to get and uh, you know and, and he showed that he can get the job done and so um, all those guys you know they're all different but a lot of them are in that same boat where uh, they're all fighting to just be a truly truly established uh, football player. And you know a guy like Woody Washington we saw with Trey Norwood you kind of play a lot of different guys a lot of positions and, and a lot of that had to do with the circumstances last year but how much do you focus on that in the spring kind of getting guys acclimated to being versatile in the secondary well that's the beauty about depth you know you have some flexibility to move guys around you know Woody has has played all three positions in our secondary but you know I, I think he's kind of found a home to be honest with you at corner um, he, he looks really comfortable like like you said he played well last year for us and you know what I mean um, but the springtime is that opportunity for guys if you're going to see what else they can do to move them around and we've done that a little bit but I'm fighting to just keep Woody in corner world I think that's where <laughs> I, I like him the most uh, 
and, 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 and Coach Grinch isn't fighting me much on that, so we'll be in good shape. You, I mean, and, and I've talked with you about this before, but um, the competition with the wide receivers, obviously Oklahoma is known to have some of the best wide receivers in the country, right? This spring, how have you kind of seen that shaking out with your guys, matching up with them? How much better does that make them? Well, I think it's, it's, it's a huge deal, you know, in terms of, you know, knowing that each and every day you're going to go against a guy that should be the best at his position, right? I mean, this is Oklahoma, so anybody that we go up against on the opposite side, we're saying this is the best of the best, you know, the, the elite of the elite. And so we welcome it. We embrace it. I love it personally, uh, just that preparation that we get day to day. Um, but, you know, the other side of that is, you know, you're ultimately your own competition as well. And so, you know, there is a, a level of, hey, we don't play our receivers and our offense in the fall. You know what I mean? So they have to keep some perspective uh, at times because you're going to go back and forth, right? And that's what we do here, and we love it as coaches. You know, maybe defense had a good day. Maybe offense has a good day. That's what you want, that constant battle um, so that those guys are ready to go uh, into the fall with that mindset. So. Last question for you, spring game coming up. Um, I know everyone's super excited to get to have it back this year. What will you be looking for specifically out of your guys in kind of an atmosphere like this? You know, just how much they can block out the noise. You know, obviously a game setting. Um, I know the fans will come out, you know, and I know social media will be buzzing. And, you know, just excited to see uh, what this 2021 uh, Oklahoma football team will look like. But for me, I want to see those guys just completely dialed in on game day uh, and, and a commitment to technique. You know, I don't worry about making plays and, I, you know, I'm not even worried about mistakes because mistakes are going to happen, but I want guys to make fast mistakes and I want them to be dialed in uh, to their technique because, again, that's what the purpose of spring ball is to do for your development, to take a huge step that way, and then I'm sure we'll uh, make some plays on Saturday too. Interview with Coach Manning and all of our coaches brought to you by Riverwind, still the one. And he mentioned a new guy out of the Austin area. Look, Trell McCutcheon got dinged up a little bit in high school, but Ted getting an early start in that secondary. He's got all the measurables, doesn't he? Yeah, he really does. Um, to show up early at corner, just out of the guy's supposed to be in his uh, senior year of high school last semester, and he's out there defending. Some of the best wide receivers, not just in the Big 12, but in all of college football, we routinely send guys into the first round, and he's doing great. They love what they see. And I'm not saying that it's going to necessarily be this year, but Latrell McCutcheon is going to be a special corner at Oklahoma. I'm excited about him. He's got that size, and it was a recruiting battle that they went and won in Austin. And anytime you can pluck someone uh, out of out of out of Texas, specifically sure. Austin, it's a good win. And uh, I think he's going to be great. Now, a guy who's not on campus yet because he's still playing high school football with the way that the the season went is Damon Harmon. He and Kelvin Gilliam are going to be, I think, difference makers for the Sooners. But Teddy, we talked about him on signing day, uh, another guy that is in that big, lanky range of the, the body types they want at corner. Yeah, we've, you know, as soon as Grinch got on campus, one of the things that he's been talking about is we want bigger players in the secondary. We've got to get more size in the secondary. And you got that. McCutcheon, he's got some size to him. 
Justin Harrington. We're going to have Ooh. the biggest corner in college football on our team. 6'3", <laughs> uh, 215-pounder all of a sudden. And then you look at some of the safeties, Key Lawrence, uh, Mukes. We've got some big, long, rangy safeties as well. So, yeah, it, it, they're going to continue to add size and length at the secondary position. Got to love it. Roy Manning, he'll have a video regardless of what happened Saturday after that game. And he brings the energy to that room. And I thought I think he's done a great job in coaching him up. Uh, it's, a, it's a very deep room, but not necessarily deep in guys that we've seen day in and day out. Trey Brown has moved on. Obviously, Trey Norwood has moved on. So what does that room look like as a whole now? When we come back, we'll hear from one of the guys who's battling for playing time and made some big plays last year in Woody Washington. And as always, our coaches' interviews have been brought to you by Riverwind, still the one. We're talking depth at cornerback next inside the huddle, presented by Bud Light. Stick around. He has time. Lob toward the end zone. It's intercepted. Trey Brown. You could unhitch the wagon. We're supposed to be the best at what we do, you know, at every position. And so to go there and, you know, maybe some other people took, took note of that, players, coaches, what have you, you know, it, it just says that we're doing the right thing. Trey's going to bring that level of, uh, you know, just wanting to step up against the best receiver. In those crucial times, you kind of saw his name show up and, you know, was able to make a play when the team needed it. So I expect those things to continue. Being chased. He's going to lob late for the end zone. It is intercepted. Intercepted. Trey Brown did it again. Purdy back to pass under pressure. Lobs it down the middle. It is knocked away. Trey Brown steps up, flushed right, throws right. It's intercepted. Trey Brown picked it off. Well, that's the past of the Oklahoma Sooner cornerback room. Trey Brown, we expect him to go maybe around the third, fourth, fifth round in Thursday, Friday, and Saturday's NFL draft. But what does the present and even the future look like? Jessica Cootie had a chance to catch up with Woody Washington. At the end of the season, what was your confidence level like, and how did you feel like you were fitting into this defense? Yeah, I just feel like I could cover anybody in the, in the country. Um, I think just just from experience, it, it helped me out a lot. Um, from I played earlier in the year, but not as much. Like you said, as much as I did at, towards the end, but um, just just my experience playing, like getting better each week, I think that that really helped me out. And you've played pretty much every position in the secondary. How has that kind of helped you understand everything that you know, Coach Grinch and Coach Manning want you guys to do in the secondary? Uh, I think it, it helps out a lot, especially from playing playing safety and then moving a corner. Just the, the physicality uh, level, it just it just it just helps a lot because. And at, like I said, at safety, it's a more physical position. So you're coming down and catching receivers, and it's easier to get hands-on playing corner just from my experience at safety. Why is that important to be able to be versatile and, and be able to play any position that you're asked of? Um, I just think it's it, it helps you for the next level as well, just on maybe draft stock or just as far as if someone gets hurt, you can just – like they can move you to any position on the field. So, so – not many people probably, you know, when they start playing football, I want to be a cornerback, right? I mean, it's a it's a tough position to play. Why was that a position that you were drawn towards? Um, well, in high school, I played, I played a lot of receiver. And then like, they made me play defense just because it was like I was like one of the better athletes on the team or whatever. And then I kind of I started liking it a little bit because 
just like you said, it's a hard, it's a hard position to play. So I just, I'm like a competitive guy. So yeah, and Coach Grinch had talked about how you know the ball never surprises you. Um, how do you get to that point where you're kind of always ready for that big play? Uh, just talking to Coach Grinch, like he just always tells us, be ready for the ball. You never like. The, the ball's coming to your man every play. So I just I just take that into consideration every play. So let's go back to your first interception. I mean, no bigger stage than the Cotton Bowl, right, and the Red River rivalry. Take me back to that and kind of the emotion of that and how big that was for you and your confidence moving forward towards the rest of the season. Uh, it was definitely a, a huge step for me because – like I said before that, I, I I hadn't really played much. I was just coming coming back from being a safety or whatever. So that that game it, it really boosted my confidence because I I got in early early in the game. I had a um, a pass breakup on a post route, and then just that interception was just it was just I don't know I don't even know how to explain it. You know, you, no Trey Brown, no Trey Norwood. You guys have lost some experience there. Um, how much are you trying to, I know you haven't played as much in the spring, but maybe looking to take on more of a leadership role in the secondary? Uh, yeah, I'm, I definitely am, especially in the, um, as far as the corner room goes, because we're all pretty young guys. You know, Jaden Davis has played probably the most out of um, anybody in the room, but me and him. So me and him are both trying to just lead the group as much as we can. Obviously, we've got Pat Fields and the Larry and uh, Tony Yale at the safety position, so those guys have played. This is about to be their fourth year playing, so it's going to be a huge year. Okay, I want to talk about coming here from Tennessee. Um, why did Oklahoma, why did you feel like this was a good fit for you? Um, I just felt like eventually the defense would get better because like, like when, I, when I was getting recruited, obviously the defense wasn't up to the standard that, that we are now, and I just felt like um, – that we had a real good shot to to really prove the prove the country wrong. Yeah, how much are you guys kind of buying into all of that right now, especially in the spring? It seems like the confidence level is pretty high with this defense. Uh, yeah, it definitely is. Like you said, we call ourselves Speed D, so that's the that's the standard that we we got to hold ourselves accountable to. So it's just it's just it's going to be fun, especially going against like one of the more um, explosive offenses every day. And should we get on their tail and they get on ours? So. I know takeaways, big thing for this defense. You guys led the Big 12 in interceptions, 16. Obviously, you contributed to that. How do you build on that? What's kind of the goal, the number that you guys shoot for as a secondary interceptions-wise? Uh, as many as we can. I know uh, Coach Grinch always talks about um, at least getting two takeaways a game. So if we can get two interceptions and two forced fumbles and just recover fumbles and any any type of way we can get the ball away from the other team is, is definitely going to be a huge step for us. Okay, final thing for you. We got the spring game coming up. I know everybody's super excited. Didn't get to have one of these last year. What can Sooner fans maybe expect, and how much are you guys excited to get out there? I'm definitely excited. I'm just excited to watch some of the younger guys. Latrell McCutcheon, he's been, he's been real good for us. Mario Williams has been real good. Um, Cody Jackson. Excited to see uh, little Caleb Williams play, so... I'm excited to see all the young guys and see how far they came since they since they got here. You'd be nice to do it in front of a crowd, though. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. All right. Well, Woody, we appreciate your time and um, look forward to seeing you guys out there on Saturday. Guy that definitely has some position flexibility, but Ted uh, liked what you saw the corner position from him last year. Yeah, I did. You know, I honestly 
Liked what I saw from him at the nickel position. Let's not forget his first time playing college football was in the Peach Bowl against maybe the best offense in the history of the game. And uh, he was baptized by fire. So it's all going to be easy. After in a that. position that he didn't really play. Right. right. So, um, yeah, I think he's he's competitive, ultra competitive guy. But it's just like every other position right now defensively. It's going to be tough to get on and stay on the football field. There's so many guys back there. You heard Roy Manning say earlier that it's the deepest he's ever had it since he's been at Oklahoma. And in my opinion, it's not even close. No starters. Everyone every day is battling right. for a job. Just like Jaden Davis, who's had a nice career so far. But, you know, he met with the media earlier I, I guess this month, Ted, he was fantastic. And in what we've seen from Jaden Davis, he stepped up as a freshman, stepped up last year. But I know that challenge is there to continue to step up. Yeah, you're going to have to. You know, there's pressure there because you want to continue to get better and better as a player. But there's also pressure because, like I was talking about earlier, whenever the level of the room continues to rise, you better stay with it or you're not going to be able to get on the field. So everyone, uh, Jaden Davis included, is going to have to continue to get better and better. Be consistent. You can't have peaks and valleys because the consistent guys are going to be the ones that get the majority of the playing time. So there's been a lot of talk about Billy Bowman this season. Last year's Billy Bowman was DJ Graham. Was he going to play offense? Was he going to play defense? What position? But, man, when DJ Graham was given the opportunity, I like this, oh, put his head down Love and made it. a tackle. He had a nice, true freshman season. He did. He's another really – you know, at, at corner you've got to be – uh, you got to be super competitive, and you've got to be kind of like a prize fighter. You ever heard a prize fighter not have more confidence than anyone else in the world? No. It's, it's no. fake confidence, right? <laughs> you, because you've got to be able to go out there and put yourself. It's the only position where you don't really all the time have someone backing you up. Yeah, you may have safety help at times, but it's either I win or he wins, and it could be the difference in the football game with those one-on-ones. So they've got to be extremely competitive, extremely confident guys, and that's what you see that all, everyone in this room has really has in common. And finally, let's, uh, let's talk about a guy we didn't get to see much last year but might have the uh, most interesting upside, and that's Joshua Eaton. We know he wanted to get on the field. We know he's passionate about playing, but this is a guy, if, if we see him play on Saturday, Ted, he looks different. He's already a little bit bigger and stronger, and boy, he has that size and that length that they want in that room. He does. Six foot two, big kid, long, athletic, can go up and make plays. Uh, again, it's going to come back to consistency. All of these guys, and this is what's great, We've hit on four guys here, not even talking about uh, Latrell McCutcheon. Right. They're all pretty equal. Everyone can do everything. They're all athletic. They're all competitive. And they're all, you know, getting to where they've got some experience in this defense and starting to become, like I said earlier, fluent and, uh, and you know, able to read routes and really get into some of the, the finer details to playing quarter instead of just trying to figure out how to adjust to the coverage and all those different things. They're really starting to, to uh, hone in on all those, you know, aspects of being a quarter that can make you great. It's a great list of guys. And we didn't even talk about my guy, Justin Harrington. I know. I know. We didn't get to Harrington. I'm more excited about him than maybe any corner that we've had through here in a long time. Now, he hasn't played the position a lot. This spring's going to be the first time he's really done it. But again, 6'3", 215 pounds, maybe the most all-around athletic guy on the team. He's got, he's got things he's got to work on technique-wise and 
and you know just just settling into that role because he's coming back from an injury as well an injury plus trying to learn a new position it's a lot but if he gets it look out and he was a guy that was very involved last year. Even though he couldn't play and he was hurt, he was in the huddles. He was on the sideline learning everything he could. And he looks the part. Get to know the name Justin Harrington. All right, when we come back, we'll look at the spring game and spring pack, uh, practice in general in layman's terms as we're inside the huddle presented by Bud Light. Thank you to our Cornerstone Television partners, OU Health, Anheuser-Busch, and the OU College of Professional and Continuing Studies, and our community partners, Landers Auto Group, Coca-Cola, and OU Health. Welcome back inside the huddle, live from Rudy's Country Store and Barbecue. Great crowd here tonight enjoying uh, some football talk and some great barbecue, and we're brought to you by Bud Light along with Teddy Lehman. I'm Chris Plank. Toby will be back next weekend to recap the spring game along with Teddy Lehman, our final huddle episode of, I can't say 2021, can I? Of this season. We'll be back this fall, Plank. Because we'll be Hopefully. back in the fall for football. That's right, good Lord willing. Now, with that in mind, Ted, it's time to go in layman's terms. And it's, as always, brought to you by Kincaid Coach Lines, the official motor coach carrier of OU Athletics. Visit KincaidCoach.com for more information to go in layman's terms on, I don't know, what do you want to say, spring game or the spring in general for this segment? Well, we can just kind of talk with spring game. You know, um, the first thing you got to talk about, what's the most important thing in the spring game? It's not healthy. getting hurt. Yes. <laughs> I, we can talk about all the other things we want to developing young guys and getting reps and all of that stuff. The most important thing is to stay healthy. You can't afford to lose guys for the fall. It's it's too hard to win a championship with everyone healthy. It's even more difficult whenever you start to have guys drop. So that's the that's the number one thing. But then obviously, yes, get the young guys some experience. And it's not just experience in, in practice. It's not just experience in the defense. It's let's get them out on the field. And you can't truly replicate what a game feels like, but it's the closest thing you can do. Get them out there uh, with some fans where there's going to be some pressure. You're going to be on TV. Whenever you know all that stuff is going to be happening, you just raise that level a little bit. And there's some butterflies. There's some anxiety. And you got to kind of learn to play through that. And it's good to, to get that a little bit out of the way before you actually take the field, uh, you know, in live Ooh. bullets, so to speak. So that's the thing. Now, the other thing you got to think about is, well, what are we going to see? Because everyone wants to take something massive away. They want to see those one-handed catches like yeah. we just saw. Well, and, and that stuff is fine. But, you know, everyone wants to take something really big away from the spring game. Like, um, you know, boy, off offensive line is, is, gonna, is struggling or uh, our linebackers can't tackle well. And there's all these things. But you've got to remember that what you see in the spring game is going to be Really vanilla schemes, really vanilla. Defensively, you'll probably have four coverages up. You'll probably have maybe two blitzes that'll probably just be run on third down. Offensively, you're going to just run your real basic stuff. You probably won't even run what you think is going to be your bread and butter in the fall. It's just going to be zone left, zone right. You'll build in a boot off of there, a couple of play actions, take some shots deep. 
but you're not going to see intricate formations. You're not going to see intricate motions and shifts. It's all going to be really vanilla. And when it's really vanilla, it's hard to grade how the offense and defense as a unit really is, right? You can watch some individual players and see if guys can go up and make plays and compete for the football and can you tackle in space and can you win in a one-on-one pass rush? But it's going to be really difficult to take anything away, really X's and O's wise, from what you're going to see out there. You got to kind of remember all those things. But, you know, the last thing is do not take anything away from this uh, as far as one player that maybe you haven't heard of just three touchdowns. (laughs) Uh, a, a defensive guy with five sacks. It's just that stuff's really not going to carry over. And the offense isn't going to do anything to adjust in the game to fix that like you typically would in a game, right? They would mm-hmm. help a tackle out or they would make sure that they call the protection of that guy with the back. And it's the same thing defensively. If you've got a receiver that's going crazy – and, you know, they're targeting him left and right. Well, you're going to start rolling a corner up to his side with a safety over the top. Or, you know, you're going to maybe you're going to change your matchups and who you're who you have covering him. You're not going to see any of those adjustments made. So you can't really take anything from just a massive standout performance other than things that you see individually, like making a guy miss or a great throw or a great one handed catch. For pure athleticism, yeah, you can take that stuff away, but just caution whenever you see something crazy going on out there that it's going to translate to the fall. It yeah. most likely won't. Yeah, and and it's always one of the great traditions is after the spring game is over on Teddy's radio show. It's about how great X player is going to be <laughs> yes. because they make content, baby. Con- we, we get the content and we love it, but it is proceed with caution. And who knows? You're may- you might see the next star breakout Baker Mayfield spring performance before his retro season. It's great. Not a ball hit the ground. He nine threw- for nine. It was great. And uh, it, it's just fun to have football to talk about in the spring. So have fun. But temper your expectations. That's right. Don't don't try to make any declarative statements. Did I say that right? Declarative statements. Hey, it works for me. You close just enough. have to uh, get in the general area. For right. If, if I'm close wise. enough, it's good. But anyway, I, we'll have fun on Saturday. Regardless, good stuff, Teddy, in layman's terms, presented by Ken Cage Co- uh, Coach Lines. All right, when we come back, we're going to wrap it up. But by the numbers, I was awful on this last time. Let's see if I can bounce back in our final segment, Inside the Huddle, presented by Bud Light, live from Rudy's Country Store and Bar. Welcome back inside the huddle presented by Bud Light. Our final segment is by the numbers and that's brought to you in part by Pike Pass, the fastest, safest, most efficient way to travel Oklahoma, Kansas and Texas. Hey, Sooners, don't get past, get Pike Pass. So let's go. Last week you made up some. It was you and me last week, right? Looky here. 26 to 22 striking distance let's go this massive big screen that we have to read this off of here we go what is the record for the most interceptions in a season single player individual player player. are you going first i'll start since i'm behind i'll go 10 Ooh, what a great number 10 single season for one player one player it's got to be lower than that i'm going to say seven and the answer is 
Eight, nine. Sorry, uh, I was looking everywhere yeah, for it. Not Ricky Dixon with nine. How about that? Do we go prices right rules? Did I go uh, over no, the actual closer. retail price? That. I got the point. Thank you, Kurt. All right, next question. Ricky Dixon had nine. How about that? Nice. Question number two. What is the record for the most pass breakups in a game? Pass PBUs in is a what game? is it on the stat sheet for those that didn't know. Let's see. I'm going to say. I'm going to say eight. See, because I was going to go with six. I didn't even know that's an official stat. I didn't either. Let's find out. You went with eight. That seems right. Oh! Wow. Unbelievable. Jerry Parks had it against USC. Thanks, Jerry. 1990. All right. So I'm already feeling good. I got two right. Here's question three. What is the record for the most team interceptions in a season? Team interceptions in a season? Uh... That's a tough one. I think every year I was at OU, we had like 30, between 32 and 38 turnovers a season. So I'm going to say, I'm going to say 24. See, that's fun. I was going to go 22. Okay. So let's see what the actual retail price is. Teddy got it. 28. Looky there. 1978. All right. Time for one more. See if we can split this bad boy. How many times has a Sooner been named the Offensive Player of the Week in the Big 12? All of them. Big 12 Offensive Player of the Week? We got like 40 seconds on this. In 20-plus in years, uh, I'm going to say uh, gosh, who, 80 times. Who added this up? I'll go 70. The actual answer is... 65. Wow, so, look uh, at you playing. Look Dang at us. It. The huddle. What a fun time tonight. Ted, thanks, man. I appreciate awesome you letting playing. me hang out tonight. Toby and Ted will be back next week. Everyone enjoy the spring game. It's going to be awesome. Great weather projected. And that cool state of Oklahoma logo at midfield. Can't wait. We'll see you next week inside the huddle. Presented by Bud Light.